this is digital buys occasion we do a bit of a soapbox normally it's either me johnny fry or my good friend james tiley the mad american having a rant but but suddenly burst into our little metaverse another mad american called jason myers otherwise known as your majesty what, what's all this about then what bitcoin's going to kill crypto or etf's going to kill crypto Really? You just said that? I did. Can I not say that? Have we got to edit that bit out? Well, I mean, I, I post about this a lot. Today, I'm actually much angrier than I am on other days. Oh, dear. And what people don't realize, and I know I'm not going to wake up the majority of people in the world, but the majority of people in the world are stupid, galactically stupid. <laughs> I'm with you, George Carlin. Okay. So why is, well, let's take Bitcoin, for example. It is a silent protest against the fractional reserve banking system launched on January 3rd, 2009, in the wake of the financial crisis, right? It is the epitome of decentralization. It's not controlled by any central authority whatsoever, right? Unless you ask Craig Wright. uh, Don't. Why are you going to piss me off? Seriously. <laughs> yeah, but hang on. You know, that's a whole other thing. But the hash rate, but the hash rate of BTC is in the hands of only four entities. Foundry, Antpool, Pool, Binance. Th- those four have got 74% of the hash rate. So it's not right. Craig Wright's controlled by the, the current hash rate, hash raters. Surely. Well, it, gets, well, it we... get, gets worse, right? Because... Now you have 12 of the world's institutions in registration for a spot Bitcoin ETF. Mm -hmm. And for those of your audience that are too galactically stupid to understand what that means, I'll explain it to you. Okay. An ETF is a trust that absorbs the supply of something, usually a security. In this case, it's Bitcoin. It takes the supply out of circulation. And instead of the actual supply being in circulation, they hand you a piece of paper controlled by them, censored by them, and regulated by the banking system, the SEC and various other regulations, right? The very system you opposed on January 3rd, 2009, is about to take over the supply of Bitcoin, assuming these ETFs get approved. So So decentralization is dead, long live centralization. Long live the thing you opposed on January 3rd, 2009, when you launched the decentralized thing. So is this the bank's bite back? It's not a fight. It ain't even a contest, man. Unless you have a larger military organized and finance, you have no shot. Silent protests don't work. Bullets change governments, not votes. So all I'm hearing is, is degenerates screaming when moon, right? Because if you're saying you're taking the supply out of Bitcoin, um, I'm thinking I'm thinking it's gonna it's gonna pump. It's a big green yeah, well, dildo chart. They are gonna pump. It is gonna pump, but what expense? At what expense? And this is what people don't understand would you say that the libertarian mindset dithered away we've already got a new generation in crypto 
You've got many new generations in crypto, and unfortunately, a large percentage of them do not understand the nature of crypto. First of all, crypto was used as an abbreviation for cryptography, not a thing that flickers on a ticker. But I don't want to get into that, right? This is, you know, terms and definitions that have to get resolved. Right. Which so hang I, on, I don't, I'm not hang, sure. Hang on, Your Majesty. Let me, let me go back. So what you're saying is that we've got 12 of the biggest asset managers. The biggest asset manager is leading the charge, old Blackcock, a uh, Blackrock. And <laughs> what we're seeing now is a concentration of firepower because they're going to hoover up anywhere between 25 and 50 billion on the reports I've seen. And they will then be controlling this icon of decentralization, i Bitcoin. And they will then be reg- on quoted on regulated exchanges. So why would you use unregulated crypto exchanges, which have run into so many problems? And it's kind of game over because everything comes back into the regulatory fold. Is that that's right? Simplicity, what we're talking about? Yeah, yeah, that gets even more simple. So half of the revenue generated by all crypto exchanges is Bitcoin related. Because it's the largest digital asset, right? Yep. When you soak up the supply of Bitcoin, it drains liquidity on unregulated crypto exchanges because there will be substantially less supply for them to trade. Got it. Woohoo, right. let's go. <laughs> so their revenue will drop. You know, never underestimate the intelligence of the centralized fractional reserve banking system and the financial services firms that litter its landscape. Well, they're going to fight like rats. Otherwise, they're going to be disintermediated. Well, forget about disintermediation. That's over. That will never, ever happen. Sorry. Why? Because 95% of the people on the planet are galactically stupid. That's why. Blimey, James, I knew. And half what what George Carlin saying, half of them are dumber than that. (laughs) Half of them are dumber than that. That's right. (laughs) And he's right. He's right. 30 years ago, he was saying, they don't want you educated. They want you stupid. They want you to be a good worker. You do a great George. You do a great George Carlin. Let me let me ask you this, and I'm probably going to trigger you, but I felt similar to this when Futures got debuted over in Chicago. Oh my God! I was in the middle. I was literally sitting at BitDevs, which is the longest running Bitcoin meetup probably on the planet, definitely in New York. When New York had a scene in crypto before Ben Lawsky, you know, kicked everybody out with the Bit before Miami. <laughs> So I was literally sitting in a BitDevs meeting and I'm hearing people, uh, we're talking about it, right? Like a Socratic seminar, it's what it is, right? Using not Robert's rules, but it's a Chatham House rules. And they're talking about, everybody's excited. And I raise my hand, I go, stop, stop, all of you. You are brilliant, brilliant engineers. You have changed the world. But let me get something straight right now before you go any further. On Wall Street, the tail wags the dog. dog. This is not a good thing. This is not a good thing. They will manipulate the price of a limited supply of 21 million Bitcoin with a theoretically unlimited number of claims on it. 
Do you all understand that math? I'm sure you do. You're cryptographers. Science. And uh, that was the top of that particular bull market cycle, right? That was the top. As soon as those futures contracts got introduced, Bitcoin started grinding its way down in price, right? Well, now it's paper money. Wait till, right? these, so- body, wait till these Bitcoin ETFs get approved. Not only will they soak up the supply, but you've got a theoretically unlimited number of claims on the shares of the ETFs in the form of options, but you've got theoretically an unlimited number of claims in the futures markets plus options on the futures, right? So 21 million in Bitcoin will become 21 trillion to the 10th power in terms of number of claims on the thing that holds the Bitcoin and the Bitcoin itself. Congratulations. You went from fuck the centralized banking system to yay, the centralized banking system's here and it's going to control Bitcoin for us. The government will take care of me, you fucking idiot. Yeah, it's funny because you're completely right or completely on point and the whole anarchy in the UK, you know, it was originally damn the man, fuck the system, blah, blah, blah. And that's why I meant about the generations. We will throw, not me personally, I don't do it, but but people will throw their, literally their life savings into something called Pepe, for example, right? Don't do it. Here's some financial advice. Don't do it. But they'll, they'll throw their life savings into something called Pepe, which ironically is like 69 trillion or 69 quadrillion, 420 trillion. It's a funny number. When, but seriously, when BlackRock decided that they were going to do an ETF, my, my, in, my, the Wall Street in me said, oh, okay, now the uh, United Auto Workers Union and IPW is going to get some get a little Bitcoin in their pension. That's good. And then I thought about it, like you were saying, and I went, wait a minute. Not only did BlackRock go, let's do this, there's like nine of them that are. The minute BlackRock said it, everybody and their mother is going to release an ETF now. So that goes back to your question. How much Bitcoin is actually out there? Well, well there's 21 million, but four million are lost forever, right? So 17 million. But what about all the forks? All the what? Well, these aren't forks. Fucking though. hell. Fucking hell. We've forget had, the forks. Forget the forks. Forget the forks. Oh, we've got to forget the forks. Forget the forks. Those are shit coins, right? Forget Uh, those things. Okay. Okay. Right? So let me raise the perspective of other possibilities here. Okay. What if these 12 spot Bitcoin ETFs get approved and they soak up the supply and then those 12 institutions begin to mine with substantial amounts of compute power? And somehow they manage to either cajole, convince, or outhash the Bitcoin blockchain. Then what happens? Then we get the BlackRock fork. Well, let's let's. Oh, they kill Bitcoin. Uh, let's not go. Let's not go that far yet. Maybe it won't be a fork. Maybe it will be censorship. So any transaction. So they redo the Bitcoin core software and the consensus mechanism, which now has a payload to determine true or false, has these Satoshis been identified through KYC? Uh, yes. They kill, true they kill or false. all the dodgy ones. Right? They kill all the dodgy ones. Right? Now, 
everyone who thinks they can build on Bitcoin and is trying to build on Bitcoin, right, are, are going to go away. And bit, and that's another thing. These ordinals, they're not fun. They're not occupying block space that Bitcoin needs to sell. Bitcoin yeah. does not need to be saved. What ordinals are, are the indexing, meaning the identification of every single, eventually, every single Satoshi on the Bitcoin blockchain. So there are 21 million Bitcoin times 100 million Satoshis per Bitcoin. So it creates an identity layer. Disguise is a fun little fucking NFT platform that all the fucking apes and punks and galactically stupid think will become value. James, I'm, I'm not sure I follow you. You don't think there's many people that are that clever then? It's not for me to judge the volume of clever people on the planet, but I will tell you now, the financial system as we know it and knew it will probably outsmart most forces, including the cryptographers. Blimey. Well, so because they, the house, first of the all, house they own, they the house own, always wins. They, right. They own and operate every politician on the planet. They own and operate every regulatory agency in every government in every country. How do you compete with that? You're going to vote them out of office? Most of them are appointed, not elected. What, what about if all the people that Bitcoin got together had a DAO? Not, not a you, just said, you, you just contradicted yourself technically, okay? Because to create a DAO involving Bitcoin involves layering it and wrapping it. Yeah. That's technical risk. Go ahead, finish your thought. No, because if, if they all had a DAO, or in my sort of very English expression would be they have a they have a cooperative, they have a commune. We go back to they all sort of put for the greater good. And then they were able to then make sure that all their Bitcoins and all their Bitcoin mining, and they kick out the four miners that I was telling you about earlier on, because they were there to control the hash rate. You have too many people that would be willing to sell at a price. Everyone is for sale. Everyone is for sale. Well, that's a true. It's just most, a question of price. Most of the people are only in there. So you're not going to convince, you're not going to convince 21 million Bitcoin to self-custody in their wallet because a great deal of them don't want to do that, don't know how to do it, believe it or not, lost their private key, will never find their private key, and don't want to keep a private key, right? And that's what the centralized fractional reserve banking system is based on. We'll hold your keys for you. Trust us. We are the government. We will take care of you. We'll take good care of the kids. I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Yeah, and well. James, you seen you seen what they're now proposing in Europe. They're now saying for the European Central Bank currency, the banks are now bullying the ECB and saying you cannot issue a CBDC out of Europe that pays interest because heaven forbid if you did that, all our sort of Spanish and German and French and Italian and Greek friends, they'll all be rushing their money into the European Central Bank because they don't trust the banks. So you can yes hold a CBDC in Europe, but we're not going to pay you any interest. So they're going to create an asset without liability, or look at another way, it's another way to tax you because they're going to take your money but not give you anything for it. Let's back up for a second. There are some listeners in your audience that are saying, this guy's out of his mind. He's a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, right? don't listen to James. He's a good guy. But here's the thing, right? What are the chances that no one, not a single person 
anywhere on the planet that lives in the regulatory world or the centralized fractional reserve banking world in a financial institution didn't come out with a whiteboard and say, how do we take complete control of crypto? How do you do it? What would be the process? Are you sitting there telling me that not a single person called a meeting just to ask those questions? I don't think so. I don't think so. And you know what's funny? A lot of the legacy financial institutions people have all told me the banks are not as far ahead as you think they are. And I don't believe that. I I can't believe that for a second. I don't believe that for a second. They're very existential. They're a lot lot further ahead than than they want to admit. So anyway. Here's 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 the problem too, right? So yeah, we're, we're gonna say, oh, they don't know. They're boomers, right? Boomers don't know shit about crypto. But at the same time, experience goes a long way. I mean, I could see Jekyll Island from my house. How Sarah Palin of that is me. So they they're not dumb people. And I was gonna say, after they do, I, I believe you're correct. It kind of opened my eyes a little bit. When they do it, I'm gonna say when, when they do it, Bitcoin. They're going to do it all over again with ETH. And and they could probably just rinse and repeat this. They will rinse and repeat. They will rinse and repeat. Look, it's done Did you see Elizabeth Warren on television yesterday? Yeah, we have to stop the Bitcoin, stop crypto. Yeah, she says it's a threat to national security. It's used for money laundering. It finances terror. Half of the atomic weapons in, I forget where, Iran, I think she said, are financed using crypto, which is not true, by the way. Well, but she's got to defend the U.S. dollar hegemony because the greatest way to launder value is with U.S. paper dollars. The best way. It's either that or diamonds. Otherwise, but we never talk about had, diamonds. We, we never would have had anti-money laundering rules to begin with if we weren't doing it with fiat. Correct. I can roll up $500 million and ship it overseas. Well, Andy Warhol. That's why, the banks, that's why the banks keep getting fined for money laundering, because they've been pretty good at doing that. Getting well, let's put in, well, let's put in the, okay, they agree to be imposed with a fine after a meeting. This is not an oppositional relationship. Don't forget that. It's symbiotic. Regulator walks in, listen, you got to make the public think that we're regulating you. You know, you got to pay a billion dollar fine. You made 80 billion in the last three years. A billion is a speeding ticket. We got to make the public feel like we are taking care of them and protecting them. You got to be the bad guy. Very cynical now, James. I can't believe that. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I've been in these fucking meetings. So So, so you need the billion to pay pay for the wages to come. So the boys with the sticks come around and give them a hard time so everyone feels happy. That your, your audience needs to look at something called the revolving door. When, we, when your audience finishes, list, finishes listening to this podcast, they should Google the term SEC revolving door and read. And that will prove it, that what I'm saying is not crazy. I'm not crazy. The revolving door, let me give you an example of the revolving door. J.P. Morgan gets a letter, a Wells notice from the SEC. It's signed by an individual. Head of general, general counsel of J.P. Morgan calls the person who signed the letter. I have an opening at four o'clock. Don't be late. Click. At four o'clock, a parade of examiners come up and they sit down and they have a meeting. General counsel says, what do you think you have? And they tell them a failure to do this, a violation of that, blah, blah, blah. All right. Here's the deal. 
our general counsel's office, my staff put together supporting law to support a precedent for a settlement we're going to enter into. We'll give you a million and a half. It's a minor rule violation. Okay. We did all your work for you. All right. All you is get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you stay. The guy that signed the letter. We have an opening in the general counsel's office. Corner office, half million a year, stock options, hookers, cafeteria, car to take you home at night when you stay late. Okay. And he goes to work for JP Morgan for three years before they send him back to the SEC. This happens every fucking second of every fucking day in the United States. I've seen this episode on billions. <laughs> oh, dearie me. I didn't think he was that bad. Perhaps I'm That's just... the revolving door. That's, That's the revolving door. door. And it happens at law firms. There are gatekeepers. A gatekeeper is a legal term in the regulatory world. A gatekeeper is a bank, broker-dealer, custodian, transfer agent, PCAOB registered accounting firm, law firm, and DTC. That is your gatekeeper community. And the revolving door is at every single one of those gatekeepers. Here's what I want to go back to real quick, though, because I like the tinfoil hat, right? Maybe throw weird Al Yankovic on his, on his album cover. But what you, are you saying that Invesco, Valkyrie, ARC, and BlackRock, are they going to work together with mining? Or are they going to compete with each other and have their own pissing contest? Well, they're going to compete with each other. But um, for the, mining, for mining. So I, I can't answer that any more than I can answer whether or not the existing miners compete with each other, which they do. Right. But um, if if it's a big if, if they go into mining Bitcoin. Right. And I can't see why they wouldn't, because they're going to control the supply. Now that they've controlled the supply, they probably need to control or substantially influence the hash power on the network. Because that's a hedge against a very big bet. Right. Okay. And they're in the business of hedging. They are financial institutions that have been around for hundreds of years. They control the financial system, not Bitcoin. Bitcoin was a protest by the people. And as usual, the people get snuffed out and governments always win. We don't live in a democracy. There's no such thing as democracy. We live in an economic dictatorship, period, full stop. Well, I think on that so, point, on now that, that you theory, asked, now that you've asked for institutional adoption, I hope you're happy that you got institutional adoption. You fucking galactic idiot. <laughs> That's basically the way basically the way I saw it. Um, but I held that pessimistic attitude that the OGs are gone. I think some of them are just gone. Satoshi. Well, Eric Voorhees is here. Eric Eric Voorhees Voorhees is here. He is a very diplomatic, mild-mannered, very attractive personality. He's still here. Nick Spanos is still here, right? Um, You don't really hear from Roger Ver anymore. And I think he's made, you know, he's been corrupted by money, maybe, right? Forget about Craig Wright. Uh, you know, who else? Jameson Lopp is a good guy, right? He's a cryptographer, a developer, full stack. Caitlin Long is an OG. She's brilliant, right? But you think these are a handful of people. These are a handful of people. They cannot in- influence 
a substantial majority of the people on the planet that play in the financial system. Could they not so be the give, websites that say you know, they're a, I was going to say, I don't hear huh? from them, unless I'm not paying attention correctly, but at the same time, you know, Papliano was a Bitcoin maximalist talking head. Where did he go? Right. I know. And I know. He, my, he, no, I hear from him. We hear we hear from him sometimes. He's another one that's a good guy. Morgan what about Creed, Joe right? Lubin? Joe Lubin, who founded Consensus, he works for J.P. Morgan and Visa now. Why? Because Consensus is owned. Forty percent of it is owned by J.P. Morgan and Visa, and Consensus owns MetaMask. I don't know if your audience knows that. J.P. Morgan and Visa own a big chunk of Consensus, which owns MetaMask and Infura. Infura is the number one Ethereum infrastructure provider, along with other blockchains as well now. That's a whole that's a whole other podcast. Infura represents everything that is wrong. I'm sorry I said it out loud. Infura oh. represents everything that is wrong, I'll say with Ethereum and EVM. Well, we'll come back to that for another soapbox, but I'd just like to leave you, I suppose, one final thing, all this hullabaloo about decentralization. Kind of weird because most of the blockchains out there rely on cloud, and cloud computing is actually controlled by four of four companies. Yep, the, uh, fe- the federal, the, the federal reserve of computing. Yep, AWS, Azure, Google, and who else? Come on, who's the fourth? Uh, IBM. No, not American. Dasbar. <laughs> who is it? Tencent. Um, Tencent. So if Uncle Sam's not happy with you. He basically can cajole those three to shut down the cloud and then pop, there goes your decentralization in one one foul swoop. Yeah, so those four are the Federal Reserve of compute power. Well, they could be seen as the dogs that are protecting Satan. That's why there's no Apple store on Jekyll Island. (laughs) You've been listening listening to a soapbox on Cyber.fm, and you've been listening to James Tiley. James, sounds like you're taking Spanish lessons. You've got developed a bit of a lift this afternoon. Not sure what's going on there. His Majesty, oh. New York, James James Myers. Jason, uh, Jason, oh, for seven Jason. years. Jason, oh, I'm correcting you for seven years. His Majesty. It's just easy, His Majesty. Jason Myers and um, myself, Johnny Fry. Thank you for listening.